This week's guest is Steph Sulis, who is the president and CEO of Little Mushroom Catering, currently based out of Cambridge, Ontario. Little Mushroom Catering is all about teamwork, integrity, and community, and is a certified living wage employer. Steph is the driving force behind Little Mushroom Catering and has spent the past decade plus building up the business and currently employs over several dozen people. Steph also gives back to the local community and has served on numerous boards such as the Kitchener Public Library, Food Link Waterloo Region, KW Chamber of Commerce, Waterloo Region Food System Roundtable, Conestoga College Hospitality Program Advisory Committee, and Libro Credit Union, just to name a few. Steph was very generous with her time and came out to join us for this interview in person, and we thank her very much for that, and it was a pleasure to talk with her. Enjoy the show. All right, we're back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. Kip and Dan with you as usual. What's happening, man? Not much, just uh, recovering after the Super Bowl. Yeah. So have a good time. Yeah, that's good. Well, at least uh, your performance was a little bit better this year. You... Yeah, I didn't vomit in any cake pans or anything. Yeah, so, so that that's, good. That, that's good. Yeah, you were, made, you were upright the whole time I saw you. Yeah, that's, that's true. Still might have been the drunkest guy at the bar, but um, oh. you know, I've got to strive for something. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Super Bowl strategy. Yes, thanks. Thank you. I tried the best. And how are things with you? Things are good, yep. Same old. Business has been remarkably good still through February, which is a shocker, but we will take it. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, not much to report. I'm also recovering from the Super Bowl, but uh, now there's really nothing to do or look forward to until next year. <laughs> that's, that's true. Frees up a lot of weekend time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, well, we'll get through the uh, housekeeping. If you like the show, the best way to help us is to subscribe, rate, or review wherever you listen to the podcast. That helps a great deal. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can email us at info at industrypodcast.club or you can DM us on the Industry Podcast on Instagram. It's also the place where you can contact us to support the show uh, if through advertising. The artwork on the Instagram account is done by Zach Hanna, Z-A-K, Hanna, ZachHanna.co. Mm-hmm. That's where you want to go for all of your graphic arts needs. He does a great job. Thanks again, Zach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks a ton. And as always, anything we talk about, there's links in the show notes for everyone to check out. Yeah. We have a great guest as usual. Uh, before we get to her, we should mention that if you are in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, you want to check out my bars. Uh, Sugar Run is the speakeasy in downtown Kitchener. That's Sugar Run Bar on Instagram to find out what's going on there. And Babylon Sisters Bar on Instagram, Babylon Sisters in Uptown Waterloo. Come check us out if you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo area. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it, eh? Perfect. That's it. Let's bring in our guest. Stephanie Sulis is here. How are you, Steph? Hi, Kip. I'm great. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Fresh from your Hawaiian vacation. Yeah. I ate a lot of great food there. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Did you get some ideas? Yeah, I did, mm. actually. Mm. Yeah. It was one of the best meals I had. I actually had a smoked venison poke, like poke, but the venison's from Molokai, which is one of the Hawaiian islands. Oh. And so, like, super local, awesome, and delicious. And I'm sure that the idea is dewier there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I know it wouldn't be your meal, but, uh, but yeah. It was, How did they get venison out there? Like, um, there are deer on Molokai, just that island, yeah. They just fly them in and then hunt them. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of, like, goats and, and uh. sheep and stuff, too. But, uh, yeah, lots, lots of animals, but... Um, yeah, fantastic, you know, 
really good like pineapple mango flatbreads, fun stuff like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of Asian fusion. And on the island of Kauai, there was a lot of Mexican food too. So oh. I, was, I was a happy camper. Interesting. Why is that? that was like... um, I think just like the island vibe. Huh. You know, you just oh. get like lots of guacamole, and you know they can grow avocados there, which is nice too. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, Stephanie is the owner of Little Mushroom Catering. Uh, so talk to our listeners a little bit about Little Mushroom, the concept of the business, and what, like all of the different uh, sort of side projects you have. Sure. I've been in the industry, you know, like most of us since my teenage days, but about 12 years ago I started Little Mushroom Catering, mostly just because I like to make people happy with food, right? Mm-hmm. You just I love seeing their faces when they're, they're eating what, what I've created or what I've, you know, at least had my chefs create <laughs> with my recipes. Right. But yeah, we've uh, we've grown by leaps and bounds over the years. Obviously, we got hit just like everybody else with COVID, especially with no events. So we had mm. to do a lot of that COVID pivot. We all hate that word now. We like to call it the swivel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we've swiveled back quite a bit as well. And we're back to doing a lot of those full service events, you know, weddings, corporate banquets, that kind of stuff. Um, my favorite is always cocktail receptions. And that's sort of how I started out, too, mm. is I love the fiddly little um, hors d'oeuvres. And, right. You know. Mm-hmm. Fun, fun stuff that nobody wants to make themselves. Yeah, uh, that's the stuff I love to do. So that's that's really where our roots are, and uh, and making sure that we're using as local, as locally made ingredients as possible. So. Right, that's kind of your thing. Um, totally. There's like local ingredients, and so you also have a restaurant wine bar in in Cambridge. Cambridge. Yep, and there it's all. Ontario wines as well, and Ontario spirits, craft beer, our cider. We we carry West Ave and and um, Brantview is uh, Howell Road apple cider. Um, we're just going to start. I just uh, went into Flux this past weekend brewery down in Scotland, Ontario, mm. and they've got some fun stuff. And they also carry the smaller cans, which is nice because oh, yeah. not everybody needs a tall boy. Yeah, true. <laughs> so true. yeah, we're. Uh, I know we're it's gonna... all all craft. There must got to be a reason behind that, eh? Like it there must be more cost effective to just go sure. for the bigger cans or something yeah. because no craft breweries use those small I know. ones except Flux. Except Flux. So that's why I'm going to start carrying them. But nice. Yeah. Um, so now, so you have the. Wine bar restaurant, you have the catering company. Anything else right now? Some of the other things you've sort of taken a step back from. Yeah, we're um, we've been for the past year and a half, kind of outsourcing ki- our kitchen staff. I to noticed that other restaurants. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah. Um, so we've been at Babylon Sisters and yep. and Sugar Run. We were doing Descendants Brewery um, for a year and a half until they just recently closed their doors. We also we do all the stuff, all the food um, side of things for the Center and the Square Lounge, mm-hmm. um, which is their kind of basement club and uh yeah and we've been out at a, we did a golf course this past summer tried a bunch of different things you know it's it's worked really well in a lot of places we've got it we have a good system but staffing man staffing yeah. is so hard well you, like i always thought while you were doing because i was sort of like when you took on my two spots the like you were also it seemed like every time i talked to you, you were taking on another spot and i was like the Amazing, but like also at the hardest time to find staff, right? Yeah. Yeah, because post COVID, it's still not, we're not still, we're still not in a situation where it's easy to find staff. No, and everybody was having that same struggle. And so we were getting, we we never advertised the fact that we were doing this, you know, offsite. We weren't trying to get, we weren't trying to sell it to Mm -hmm. anybody, right? But we had people knocking on our door going, 
I can't, I can't do this, or I don't have the food background. Right. I don't want the food waste. I don't want to have to worry about ordering. I don't, you know, plus mm. the staffing side of things. And so it made sense to a lot of different restaurants, a lot of different spots where food wasn't necessarily their, their main draw, but they still wanted to have really good local you know, meats and cheeses, great charcuterie boards, great, you know, um, flatbreads and, and pasta dishes mm-hmm. or whatever it was that we were doing, you know, our wings and our sliders are awesome. So whether it was more pub grub or whether it was a little bit more elevated, we were a solution for a lot of people this mm-hmm. past year and a half. So. Yeah, it was worked out great for us. I know that. So, yeah. <laughs> but so now it kind of got to the point where it was probably just a little too much after a while. And, and, and really at the heart of it, the focus has always got to be the catering, right? Yeah. So, and now that we're back to being able to do that full on, yeah, and, it makes sense to bring our focus back there because that, that is where the margins are better. You know, we yeah. don't we, we only have to bring in the food that we need for the, the menu that's already been set, right? It's not like prepping for yeah. the potential of a busload of people getting dropped yeah. off and, oh, we have to be ready. Right. But, so way know. less waste, right? Because way you're like, waste. you know, at the, and the thing about the catering too is like if they, if they order a certain amount and then like... Not that many people show up, they bad. still pay for it. They're still paying for yeah. it, right. Exactly. Yeah. So you, yeah, so that's great. Yeah. Um, and okay, so let's back it up. Like when did you get into the service industry? Like what was your first job? How old were you? Yeah, I was... I had just turned 17 and I was babysitting for this lady down the street from me who was a server at what was at La Costa. So La Costa used to be kind of a chain within Ontario. There were a couple in Hamilton, Oakville. Uh, We had one in downtown Kitchener. I think it's a lawyer's office now. Mm -hmm. But uh, she was a server there and they were looking for a hostess and that's how I got my foot in the door. And I didn't, you know, didn't have any experience or anything. I worked at summer camp before that. That was my only other... Mm-hmm. job but started as a hostess and then I worked with Richard in the kitchen um, when he needed extra hands and which was a great learning experience and then yeah I kind of just went from there okay so and like so you you worked in a bunch of different restaurants or yeah over the years um, I did everything from like Pizza Hut was my first actual serving job because mm-hmm. it's harder to get a serving job in a nice place if you don't have the experience yeah. but well, not, well not right now it's not but. yeah right, not, <laughs> yeah. not right now exactly <laughs> So my very first boss at La Costa was Brian Izzard, who has a two-cab standing farm. Now. Oh, okay. Like, he's, he does, like, really high-quality but small-batch farming. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in St. Agatha area. Uh, but he was the general manager at La Costa when I started there. I, he was great. Then he moved on to something else. I had a couple other GMs at La Costa who were not the greatest guys in the world to work for. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, that's a big part of the reason why I started my own thing was so many of the restaurants that I worked in weren't great atmospheres for the people who were working there, especially young women. Yeah, yeah. And so flash forward, you know, 10 years later, I lived in Ottawa for a bit. I worked at a tea house up there and I worked in, I did some restaurant consulting up there as well and then moved back. And when I moved back, I went to eat dinner at Art Bar, which was in the center of the square. And Brian, who was the GM at La Costa, was now the owner oh, right. and managing partner at Art Bar. Mm-hmm. And so went in, had dinner, had an awful experience. Um, <laughs> Derek Hines was a chef. Derek's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's a good buddy of mine. Food was great. The service 
sucked. Yeah, I kind of remember that about that yeah, place. Yeah, <laughs> it was slow and it yeah. was it, it was not great. So I left a note on the back of the bill for Brian. I said, hey, Brian, I think you need some help. Give me a call. He called me up. I started on Friday. By, by January, I was managing the front of house um, okay. and all the catering side of things. So mm-hmm. I was his sales manager for a while. We were doing lots of events in between um, the events that were happening at the center and the square. So we were having wine dinners and, you know, tastings and casino nights and other fun stuff happening. And then uh, in the summertime when the uh, center and the square shuts down, which is like our big, you know, concert hall kind of thing, when it shut down, then we ran a summer camp for kids called mm. Summer Chef School. Yeah, okay. And so I was the program coordinator for Summer Chef School for three years. And in doing that, we brought in fantastic chefs from all over the region. We had, you know, little Polish grandmas coming in and teaching us how to make pierogies from scratch. Mm. We had a sushi master come in and teach us how to, like, make sushi rice properly. Um, Yeah, it was really cool. And I learned a ton because I didn't go to chef school. I never went to chef school. Right. I have fantastic chefs who work for me who went to chef school. Mm -hmm. And who looked to me for the recipes and the advice and the whatever. But my my chef training came from me teaching a bunch of eight-year-olds how to use a knife properly. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, so at one, you've been doing this for a while, obviously, at Art Bar. And you're doing all this camp stuff. And at some point, you're like, why don't I just get into business for myself? Well, or? it was more of out of necessity because Art Bar's lease was a nine-year lease with the art gallery. Ooh, and That's it, a long one. It was a long one, and it was up. And, oh, they, uh, lasted, they lasted the full. They nine lasted years. full nine years. Oh, that's good. So I knew in May that I was going to be out of a job as of like September. Mm. So that summer, while I was working full time and had a one year old and a three year old, I was like, okay, what the fuck am I going to do next? So I was like, you know what? I have all these great connections. Brian's not ready to start something new. Like, he doesn't have the capital to, to start over with a new restaurant somewhere, so I can't rely on that. I don't really want to start at the bottom of the totem pole somewhere else. And everywhere else I had worked had been shitty. Right. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I can start something. I can hire other women. I can build something that's going to be a positive workplace and, you know, and also, and also be something that like makes sense for my values and my morals and where I want to be in the world. And Mm -hmm. so things like making sure that I'm sourcing locally, that we're being environmentally friendly, you know, where we recycle and we compost and, um, like just that whole kind of package deal of being socially and environmentally responsible was really important to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start my own thing. So I had a thousand bucks and I went and I got some matching platters and I applied for a master business license and, you know, went to the Waterloo business, small business center or whatever, and checked in with like, okay, what do I need to do to be legit? And yeah, my first event, like September 5th was my last day at Art Bar. September 17th was my first catering gig. Um, yeah. yeah, I went to Staples and printed business cards. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And was the small business help like? Uh, no. And, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Waterloo Region Small Business Center. You're not much help. Yeah. Um, it's funny though because I actually mentor a lot of their uh, <laughs> people now, mm. um, and they've been great clients to me since. Yeah. But um, starting out, really, they didn't know what we actually needed to get done to make it. Happen. Have they been around for a while at that point? Do you know? Yeah, I okay. think so. Uh, I mean, yeah. So when it's run by civic employees, I can imagine I used to work yeah. in the cities. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> love my municipality. Yeah. However, <laughs> yeah. How hard was it to like sort of make a name for yourself and drive a business? Because now, like everybody knows about your catering company, and you're getting tons of business all the time. I know a lot of it ends up being word of mouth, like somebody uses you and then tell somebody else, right? But like at the beginning, how difficult was it to build up the business? It was definitely word of mouth. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely helped that I had the connections that I had from the center in the square because my first clients were the KW Art Gallery, the center in the square, the KW Symphony. Like right. They're good clients to have, yeah, yeah, right? Sure. They're, yeah. they're connected and they're And they like throw, the, throw lots of events. Exactly. Yeah. And so the arts community welcomed me with open arms. They were you know, really happy too to be not just supporting a small business that they already knew, mm -hmm. but but also the fact that I was, um, you know, using local help too, right? They, it's all about community and how else can we help each other in, mm -hmm. the, in the community. But yeah, so that was a big part of it. And then honestly, remembering this was 12 years ago, Twitter. Oh, yeah. Super weird. I'm still mm. on it. Not <laughs> really. But we were having tweet ups. Like yeah. there was, that was a thing. There was like the tweet stock. And mm -hmm. I met so many people through Twitter locally, you know, like basically within the first two years of me being on Twitter, I had 2000 local Twitter followers. Hmm. Like that's. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it's crazy. Yeah. And like some of them I still consider good friends. Like we would get together and do things together because we met on Twitter. Oh, weird. And it's yeah. weird because it's so not a thing now, but 12 mm. years ago, it was a huge thing. I spoke at the 140 conf. Mm. Like, you know, like 140 characters is the, was the Twitter oh, thing. Oh, right, 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 right. I don't know, way more than that. But, yeah. but we had a conference at the Tannery Building, and I was one of the speakers talking oh, about cool. how Twitter helped my business. And, yeah, and I spoke at a couple business conferences about, uh, yeah, how, like, using Twitter for business. It's interesting because, like, you're talking about, like, 12 years ago, that was a thing, not a thing now. 12 years before that, definitely not a thing, definitely right? Not a thing. So, yeah, it's weird. Like, this one little pocket of time where Twitter would actually yeah. help your business. So I'm not, I don't even use Twitter for mine because no. it doesn't do anything for you now. It's all Instagram. All right? Instagram, yeah. 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 Do you have a social media manager or do you do that yourself? I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did it for years, but it's really time consuming if you actually want to be engaged. Yeah. But I find, like, we looked at whether we should farm it out to a company. Uh, we ended up hiring a student and he's part-time with us um, and serves on the side too, like at our catering. Oh, yeah, so, 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 so he actually on. has like yeah. a, a full job out of it. That's um, it's good because like, sorry not to interrupt you, because yeah. I, like what I found, I had one when I had White Rabbit and what I found was because she didn't work, work there, there, she didn't know Get when it. it was a good time to come, like when, what to be posting about, right? Like, so having someone who actually works at the business, it makes a big it difference. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah, farming it out didn't make any sense to us because so many of the great moments that you want to capture, it's it's literally in the moment. If mm -hmm. you're not there, you're going to miss it, right? Right. Or to send someone out to an event, it's kind of like, I don't want to be sending some stranger out to somebody else's wedding right. to take pictures. Yeah, like, that's yeah, yeah. weird, yeah. right? So, and it, like, it's not my place to do that. It's not my wedding, right? right? Where if he's already there and he's serving and he snaps a pic of something like as we're plating or whatever, it's a lot different than having, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some creepo. Having show. a creepo, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when you, um, like, now that the pandemic is over and, 
are you finding like the business is really increasing because so many people had put their weddings etc on hold and now there's everybody's getting married again or is it like about the same as it was before? I feel like it's more just the same as 2019, okay. which is good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's way better than 2020 or 2021 was. Sure. But last year, like last year, we had a record year, but we had a record year partly because we were doing all of those swivels, right? Mm. We so we had our core catering business. And then we had this restaurant, this restaurant, yep. this restaurant, this restaurant, this restaurant, mm-hmm. and um, and a food shop where we were fro- serving frozen foods and gift baskets oh, and stuff like I'm that too. Work. You still do the frozen foods? We don't. It was a great thing through COVID, mm-hmm. but we wrapped that. We started to wrap that up in April of last year. So I think we only had like two hundred grocery orders last year. Mm-hmm. But in the height of the pandemic, we we were doing a ton yeah. every week. We had at least forty orders for oh, meals wow. and we were changing up like every week had a different theme and it was fun it was fun for my chefs it was you know it was a good cool thing to do and it was great for the community too because we were doing home deliveries mm-hmm. oh, wow. um because i had people like i had delivery drivers who still needed a job right so to keep everybody busy and employed and that's what we did but it didn't like now sobeys has voila and like there's just, there's no you There's can't compete a, with no, that. No, can't, can't, I can't compete with that. No, now that everything's opened up. Well, exactly. Right. Yeah. So what, like, when you have all these offshoots, and again, like it seems like you were doing what a lot of us were doing during the pandemic, was like, let's try anything, right? Yeah. Uh, so how do you decide, like, when do you get to a point where you're like, okay, well, the pandemic's over now, are we doing too much? Should we cut back? Like, what? what how do you go through, because it can't be easy to be like, let's shut down this part of the business that you've already started and you've been making some money off of. Like, what? how do you get to that decision? Is it still fun? Yeah. That's that's the right. number one thing, right? Yeah, more, stress, how, more stress than yeah, fun is not exactly. good. Exactly. Yeah. How much work does this feel like it is? And yeah. if it's too much work, then it's not fun. Right. You know, early on in the pandemic, I got to, I would go in the kitchen and just blare my music and I'd make like eight different kinds of soup on a Monday. Mm-hmm. And I'd be the only one in there and it was like, it was a blast. And that's what you like to do. You like yeah. doing that stuff, right? Yeah. Like, see, that sounds like a fucking nightmare to me, but <laughs> <laughs> but to you, like, like you love to cook, right? Yeah. So like that, so just being able to do the, that stuff is, and I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because what I found a lot is like, I like bartending. I do. I do. You don't like it every day, mm-hmm. obviously, just like I'm sure you don't like cooking every day. Like sometimes you're just not into it or it's stressful, or you're dealing with shitty people, or whatever. But once I moved into the ownership side, I realized how much more it's become like a technical thing, and like all the fun is has been sucked kind of sucked out, out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Being the boss sucks. Yeah, if I have of, advice yeah. for anyone, is don't go into business for yourself. Because yeah. it sucks all of the fun out of everything. Right, like, <laughs> I don't get to do any of the stuff that I actually enjoy doing anymore. It's all dealing with accountants and, like, yeah. doing the shopping. Yeah. Like, fuck, I hate doing the shopping. Yeah, like, well, see, yeah. that's that was one of the first things that I outsourced, actually. Yeah. Like, out, outsourced by hiring. Right, like, you just delegated. Yeah. 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 I uh, And that's, that's kind of how I built the business and figured out who to who to hire next because mm-hmm. um, like this past year we had a team of 57 employees or something so like that. crazy, wow. yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> it's a lot and I'm, I've always tried to keep under 50 because as soon as you go over 50 then your joint health and safety committee has to be bigger and there's there's all these other rules that come into place. So And you like have a full HR department yeah. and like, oh. or, or is it like you director have an HR, HR director of HR yeah. and, is that, and so your director of HR, is that a person who also has additional roles in your company or is that all they do? She is, like 70% HR and 30% admin. Right. Okay, so like 
and that's see, that's interesting to me. Like when you start to expand, because for me, I owned a couple spots, and like we just designate someone as the HR yeah. manager, right? Because they're small spots, and like yeah, or the we, owner is the HR person, right? And we don't you don't have that many issues anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, but once you, as you start expanding, you're taking on all this additional business. Now you actually have to have a role for that person. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and so so you have. So you have the HR person, you also have something called the Director of Food Services. Yeah. And what's that role? Well, we're actually wrapping that role up. Oh, yeah. Your sister was a deadbeat and you had to get rid of her? Yeah. No, she's, <laughs> she's leaving us after 12 years. I know. Um, which that's, is that's awesome. Really You're awesome, best. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you choose to listen to this. <laughs> no, it's really good for her. I basically, like, she and I had worked at two different restaurants before I had started Little Mushroom. And mm -hmm. so when I started Little, Little Mushroom, I don't like baking. Baking is not my thing. Right. But people wanted cookies and bars and, and she likes crap that. like that. And she loves that. And so I first brought her on as my baker. Mm. And then she was our service manager. And then I sent her for wedding uh, planning training. So she's WPIC certified. I had her trained on the Joint Health and Safety Committee. Basically, like all the expensive training I could send her to, I sent her to because I figured she'd never leave me. And now she's leaving yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's really good. So how do you replace someone like that? You don't. No. And that's that's like it was a, a deciding factor in you know, in, well, right. in closing up some of those offsites. Yeah, for sure. Like you can't do all that shit if you're like no. if the person who was sort of directing it all. To train someone new in that position would wouldn't be worth the return. Well, it sounds like you need position. five people. Yeah. 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 yeah so, so she's gonna open up her own catering company in the plaza next door. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. She's actually she's going to work for a golf course. I heard she's calling uh, it. Yeah. She's calling it Big Portobello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, the name, you hate mushrooms. How, so how did you I come to this name? <laughs> yeah, so Little Mushroom Catering, it actually came to me in a dream. Probably a dream telling you that you're crazy for hating mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. And it was not a magic mushroom-induced dream either. Yeah. It was just a normal dream. But uh, somewhere along the line, like my brother does a lot of the Ancestry.com stuff. Oh, or okay. A big part of our background is German. You know, welcome to KW, or German. And... Uh, <laughs> And one of the possible meanings of my maiden name was Little Mushroom. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And What's so, your maiden name? Uh, you don't I don't want to share. Okay. I don't want to share that. That's fair. Yeah. Someone will just look it up. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you can find it. It's yeah. kind of a horrible name. I'm glad I don't have it. Uh, oh, that's good. Is yeah. that why you got married? You don't even... Well, that's why I got married. The first, That's why I took my first husband's last name, which was awful because I then became Stephanie Tanner. And for those of us who grew up in like the 80s and 90s, that's one of the characters from Full House. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah so I, like people love that. They just were, ate that up. But, right. um, but I didn't care because it was still better than my maiden name. Ah, um, sorry, you. Dad, love you. That's not his fault. He doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> it's all good. But uh, yeah, so, so one of the possible names for, like re, um, meanings for our last name is Little Mushroom. Uh, gotcha. I'm also a music nerd. Mm -hmm. um, you know I like to do karaoke, but mm -hmm. I'm also mm -hmm. a classical music nerd. Mm -hmm. And uh, Schubert was a short, chubby dude, and his nickname was Little Mushroom. Oh, is that right? And hmm. yeah, and I'm like, I just I wanted a, a name that made people think of real food, mm -hmm. like so many. No, it's a good name for a catering yeah, company. Yeah, and I don't want to bash like we've got lots of other great catering companies that have come and gone over the years, like Gusto mm. or Select, but like. 
What does that tell you? It doesn't, yeah, and it doesn't <laughs> right? stand out for sure. Like, no. if I think of select, like, yeah, like, it sounds like a name I would not remember if I was looking for a Canadian exactly. catering company, right? We're, so. And people have remembered that I'm the mushroom lady who hates mushrooms. Right. Like, it's, <laughs> it's been really good for marketing. Yeah, so. yeah ironically. Yeah. yeah. So, the other thing that I know about you is, with, in, in addition to all these fucking businesses you're running, you're also sitting on the board for every single thing in the city. <laughs> so, how do you have time to do all that? Uh, I, I do pick and choose. I'm pretty like I'm pretty choosy but if I if I commit to something I commit full-on mm, right so like I'm never gonna leave you high and dry kind of thing like that's that's not my style and so over the years I was yeah, I was on the board for the Kitchener Public Library for nine years and the chair of it for four of those years oh, cool. and yeah and I just finished uh, just finished up there and and I'm actually I'm giving a, a gift to the library in the next year as well as like a thank you for just having me be part of such an amazing board. Mm. Um, so the, I don't think this is common knowledge yet, but we like to break. News there might here. be something named after me. Oh really? In their new branch that they're building out in Southwest oh, Kitchener. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 But um, you're also so you you're a member of the Chamber of Commerce. I am and have been for a long time. And I was on their board for a couple of years. I was on Explore Waterloo Region, like the Waterloo Region Tourism mm-hmm. uh, Corporation what, Board. You, you worked with Minto Schneider. I did work with Minto. Yeah. Do you ever um, think about BIA? I have had not great luck with the BIA yeah. because I've only ever been actually in a BIA's geographical region once. Oh. And it was when I had Nom Nom Treats, which is my cookie company side of the business. We make logo cookies, so we'll put like your company logo on a cookie, oh. and yeah, they're great for trade shows. Mm-hmm. Little plug. Okay. Um, so Nom Nom Treats. When I had, when we uh, had first started that company, we were on Ontario Street, and so we were in the Kitchener downtown mm. BIA at the time, and found that they were not helpful. Oh really? So, yeah, hmm. uh, I went I've to. Had, see, because I've had an amazing experience, experience with Kitchener yeah. by BIA. Kitchener one or, did, or Kitchener? Okay. Yeah, I, and I haven't had is like Waterloo's been. I, I guess I should say this, like, because I don't want to slide the Waterloo BIA because they, I have like I, I have li- a lot of friends who work there. Yeah, so and just I, no, and like <laughs> I, I, I love the women who I've dealt with mm. who work there. Like they're super nice people. Uh, I just feel. I think I don't think I think they're doing a good job. I just think that Kitchener has gone like way above the board. Like Kitchener, the BIA is constantly just like messaging me and be like, "Do you want money for this? Do you want money for this?" Oh, nice. Which is like above and beyond. Like we had trouble even being able to recycle. Really? We yeah, and like that's something that's super important. Right, to me. right. And we couldn't compost. Like I had to bring my compost home with me. Well, see, but the fucking problem is like when I was. <laughs> Running my campaign last year, I was like saying because I I know there's no compost program for mm-hmm. um, uh, bars and restaurants in yeah. Waterloo or Kitchener, mm-hmm. and it's like that seems like an easy thing we could be doing from the city level, yep. right? Like Absolutely. just yeah, like free compost program for bars and restaurants. Like that just seems like a no brainer. Well, and they had money to do a project in downtown Kitchener for the bio waste, like for mm-hmm. like your your grease and stuff. Personally, we don't use deep fryers in any of our kitchens because, right. again, for environmental sustainability, we don't. I don't. We don't do grease. Right. I mean, I st- love bacon, but we but we don't do <laughs> grease. Um, <laughs> but that was something like okay, if they're if they're looking forward enough to do this pilot project and try this out, how come they aren't even composting? Right. Like it just seemed like a no brainer. So. Right. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the wine bar. What's it called? Uh, little Mushroom Dining Lounge. Okay. Yeah, we stuck wh- with our brand. Yeah, <laughs> well, that makes sense. 
Uh, we're on uh, 131 Sheldon, so we're kind of right behind Black Shop. If you know where Black Shop is. Yeah, I happen to work in Cambridge, so. Perfect, yeah, just go down Sheldon and we're on your right. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so check that out, people. And what are the hours there? So um, we're open Thursday and Friday evenings mm-hmm. um, from 5 till 9. And then Sundays we do brunch and high tea. Oh, okay. So brunch we open at 10.30. High tea starts at 1. Those are our most popular, though, so they do sell out. It's only a 20-seat restaurant or 28-seat restaurant, so um, you do need to make a reservation, especially for high tea. Mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday nights we can usually take walk-ins, but again, like our focus is very local, local, local. So mm-hmm. you find some fun things on the menu, like you'll you'll get some like some duck, and we've we've been able to source some quinoa that they actually like are able to farm in Canada. Mm. I, yeah, and did you know that we grow bananas? What in Canada? There's a, a greenhouse in oh, Canada no. where we can grow bananas. Down by Windsor somewhere? Yeah, maybe. I think it's yeah. I, probably Leamington. That's yeah. where all the big greenhouses yeah. are. So. Yeah. The ones sh- that aren't growing weed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, we uh, Chef Sydney is fantastic. She's a Conestoga College grad who actually, she won, so uh, one of the other board type kind of things that I do uh, is that I'm the, the chair of the culinary or not, sorry, culinary. I was on culinary. Now I'm on hospitality. The chair of the hospitality program advisory committee for Conestoga College. Oh, okay. So that covers tourism, hotel and restaurant management, all of those courses. We help to design, like to, to we help to tell the profs how to design their courses. Mm-hmm. What do we, what do we as industry leaders need to, the students to know? And with part of that, with my uh, involvement with Conestoga is um, we had a little mushroom scholarship so $1,000 to a local student every year. Uh, and Sydney was actually our very first recipient. Oh, nice. Six, six, seven years ago? Seven years ago, I think. And now um, she runs her kitchen. That's pretty And cool. now she runs our, our dining lounge kitchen. Yeah. That's good because it's kind of like the circle of life where you're giving back and then you're also getting like rewarded by the the work that you like sort of the work that you put in there is now coming back to yeah like that's the way things should work and we've had that happen with co-op students too which Mm -hmm. has been great like our baker right now our full-time baker she was our co-op student a couple years ago like in in the bakery Mm -hmm. and now she's heading our bakery crazy so how many employees are you at right now currently we're at 30 yeah that's plenty Yeah, it is. I can't even, like, getting over 50 (laughs) seems like a nightmare to me. Like, I'm lucky that the places that I own are smaller, so it's like I don't need a whole bunch of people. Yeah, well, and even our dining lounge, like, really, we only need three people to run the dining lounge. Mm. That's it. It's all the other stuff. Yeah. So how many of those are full-time? About 20 of them are full-time, I think. Yeah. Ten, 10 part-time, and then we've got some casual staff as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. So dealing with staff is like one of the hardest things that we have to do as an owner. So talk to me about the challenges of dealing with that many. Sometimes I don't even know them. Right. And then they don't <laughs> work for me anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, I think currently we only have <coughs> one person on staff who I haven't met yet. Wow. Because um, she was hired three weeks ago when I've been in Hawaii. So. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that that's that's a challenge right there, and like just trying to keep on top of you know what's going on in people's lives, but in a professional manner, but mm-hmm. enough so that like 
okay, why is this person calling in sick every week? Or like, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Or how can I sub- be a support person without being nosy? Yeah, and it's also hard too because like part of it's like, okay, what's going on with this person? Obviously something's not right if they're constantly calling in sick. Is this something we're doing wrong? Is it a mental health issue or whatever? Yep. But then the, the flip side of that is it's super frustrating to be the person in charge and having people flake out on you all the time. And it's mm-hmm. hard to not be super frustrated by that. And and I have to keep a lot of professional boundaries and I get, you know, people think I'm cold mm-hmm. sometimes because like I'll, I've, I've gone out to concerts or to bars or whatever with my staff. Like I have fun with my staff. Yeah. They, I invite them over with pool parties and stuff in my house. Like, mm-hmm. so like I'm cool. I'm a cool boss. Yeah. I felt like to think this is what the cool mom says. Yeah. <laughs> But, but also, you know, I have to keep those professional boundaries because if something, like if sh- when shit hits the fan, I have to be able to be like, okay, that's not cool, that can't happen again, or that's not cool, see you later. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's very, like, and also especially because we grew up more in the era of Getting pants thrown at our head. Yeah. yeah, and like, and like, or like, <laughs> Let's be honest. like you, you didn't have to walk such a fine line of like telling people however you chose to deliver that message, like what needed to be said, right? It was sort of a trying to figure out a politically correct way to say this, but like the, and now it's like, I find that the newer, like, first of all, it's a good thing. Like the industry should have changed in that manner, but also like the newer generation is sometimes harder for us to relate to because they're so sensitive Mm -hmm. and it's very difficult to get a message across at all. Yep. And we we really try to take a coaching stance. Mm. You know, this is a teachable moment is often what's said. You know, like, how how do we turn this into a teachable moment? Or, like, yeah, we really try to look at it as coaching until it's not. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and sometimes you just want to say, suck it the fuck up. Like, like, (laughs) this is your job. This is your job. Like, you know? And because, like, for me, I would never... And maybe this is a bad thing, but like, well, it's probably definitely a bad thing. But like for me growing up in the industry, it would never occur to me to take like a mental health day. Mm-hmm. And it would never occur to me, like 90% of the time, if you were sick, you still came to work. Now, that's not great, but like, it's just the way or, it was. Like, or the new thing is how my staff don't ask for vacation time. They tell me when they're taking oh, vacation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, N- no. <laughs> I'm like, you're not actually even eligible for vacation because you only work for me for four months. Right. Yeah. They, nice try. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. But the other thing, too, is like, because staff is so hard to find these days and good staff is even harder to find. You have to give in sometimes. Well, they fucking got you by the balls. Yeah. Like, yeah. they do. They really do. They, it's like, and they know it. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I have a really good, and I've been, like, even in the, over the last few years at my places, I have been what I considered held hostage by a certain employee because they know I'm fucked if they leave. And then it's like, so the power dynamic has really changed in this situation. Mm -hmm. Not that there should be necessarily a power dynamic, I don't think, but there should, but at the end of the day, like, you are the one who's given them a job and they should be following your instructions and how you want to do it, but it's almost flipped now to the point where... It definitely has. Where they can, like, like you said, make their own vacation hours. They can decide... The hours they want to work, the shifts mm-hmm. they want to work, and how they want to work them. Because otherwise, they'll just quit and go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and our, our biggest challenge right now with the catering side of things is, can we do breakfasts? Because mm. I don't have any staff who want to come in and do a breakfast. Right. But, like, for example, this week, we have five or six events going on. And then, like, Valentine's yeah, stuff, yeah. right? But, like, five or six actual events happening. 
that's really low for us. It's February. It's normal. Mm-hmm, sure. But like in December, we're doing six events a day, right. not six events a week, mm-hmm. right? And so we're going to take a breakfast. If we get someone saying, hey, I want a breakfast for 80 people or 100 people, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to take that job. But then I have to figure out who, which one of my staff I have to suck up to. Right. <laughs> to get them to come in at 6 a.m. Instead of like, and like when we were growing up in the industry, it would be like... I, you're like, working at you're 6 a.m. You're working it. And I would be yeah. like, well, I guess I want my job. Like yeah. now it's like it, the, the dynamic is really shifted. And again, I'm not... I don't know, maybe for the good of the industry, that's a better thing, but it's certainly not good for the business. Yeah. Like, it's great. It's good that employees feel like more of a sense of empowerment. I'm not... Well, and I I would never ask an employee to do anything that I wouldn't do. Yeah. Right? Like, that's my number one rule. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to ask you to mop the floors or to do the dishes or whatever if I'm not willing to also do that. Sure. Yeah. But I'm doing that. So you can do it. And I'm (laughs) paying other people to stand around and watch me do it. Oh, like, that's that. not cool, that's, right? No, that's, so. that's when you got like, it's like, yeah, like, I wait a second, I'm paying you, why am I doing this yeah. when you're watching? That used to bother me sometimes. There was a couple of times where I was at one of my bars, I would literally find exactly what we're talking, mopping or wiping the tables down, and I'd look over and two employees are just they're chatting behind me. And I'm like, the what, what, yeah. is, what has happened here? <laughs> I <laughs> pay you. I know. And it's like, again, I do think that there, it's sort of a fine line. Like, I do think that we need to move into an area where the our employees do feel like they have more of a say in what's going on in their own careers and their own lives, mm-hmm. and they have that sense of empowerment where they can say, fuck this place, I don't want to work here anymore. Like, it, that's always been the case. Yeah. But now we're in this situation where if there's somebody who's good and valuable and they know it, well, they've, they can hold you hostage. Yep. Right. And that's, that's not good for the business. No. And I, like, I, we really try, we're a very, I, I would say we're a, a we're a pretty inclusive space and we really try to work with people when they do have mental health challenges or like we're an LG, uh, LGBTQ friendly space. Right. Mm. And sometimes that means that like maybe you have a trans employee who's on hormones. Yeah. Right. There's, there's some things that you have to be careful with right. there in just to make sure, you know, cause there's, ex- they're extra sensitive. Sure. And so we're always kind of looking for how we can work around that, work through it with them, be a partner mm-hmm. with them, but again, we have to keep those professional boundaries at the same time, and that's it's, it's a bit of a tightrope. Right, because at the end of the day, like I always used to say this to my employees. I don't even know if I can say this to employees anymore, but I always used to say, like, look, at the end of the day, if this place shuts down, I'm the one who's fucked, mm-hmm. you, not you. You're the ones who are going to be able to go find another job. And my goal is always to, by the time you're done working at one of my spots, if, if, if my spot's on your resume, you can get a fucking job anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want for them. But by the same token, like, I feel like I know what I'm doing. And so therefore, like, and I would always say, like, you know what? The second that you want to do things this way, this way, and this way is the time that you're ready to open your own spot mm-hmm. and then go do that. But as long as you're working at the one that I own, I need you to do the stuff the way that I want it done and trust that there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Not like, do I don't pull it out of my ass. Do you share that reason with them though? Like, uh, that's, that's another thing like, that we're like, really I, I, I would say, like, ask me. Yeah. Like, feel free to ask me why I've chosen to do yeah. it this way, and I will happily tell you. But mm-hmm. believe me, I don't, like, I'm not, it's not like I just wake up one day and throw darts at the this wall and be like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. Well, then so. asking the why behind things is it, again, again, often why people think I'm a bitch. <laughs> uh, because, <laughs> because I'll say, okay, like, 
can like I'll, I'll straight up say to them, can you tell me why you're doing it that way? Yeah, yeah. And they think that I'm being a bitch, being a bitch, or but no, like criticizing. And no, I just want to know, like, is that better? Is that a better way? Can like, does that make more sense than the way that I do it? Because if it does, then I'll change the way that I'm doing it. Well, and I like <laughs> I like to say that like in general, like I I don't think I have all the answers. Like I'm happy for someone to come into me and say, look. I was just wondering why we do it this way. Wouldn't this way be better? And if you can explain to me a way that it is better or more yeah. efficient, then I'll be like, great, let's cool, do it that way. Awesome. Like, yeah. And especially, like, I'm not behind the bar every day anymore, right? Mm. So they probably do have a better idea in some senses of, like, how things could run more smoothly. Great, tell me. But have a reason for it. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm open to the suggestions. But they also need to understand that, like, people like you and I have, like, Decades of experience. Mm -hmm. So there's probably a reason why we're doing it a certain way. Now, the flip side of that is maybe we've been doing it a certain way for so long because that's the way it's always been done. Because maybe you don't know that there is another way, especially with technology, right? And like we're hearing that a lot about things being automated and, you know, how can we, how can we make things more efficient is always something that I'm I'm looking for, right? Like we did some Kaizen training. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. So it started with Toyota like the Toyota Manufacturing Corp Mm -hmm. or whatever, in Japan. Um, But it's kind of like the lean way of of doing things. So you're looking for your waste. You're looking for like, okay, what's over, why is there overproduction? Or why is there, why are we walking from here to there to get the mop bucket when the mop bucket could just as easily be stored here and then we don't have to walk as far? Or like, why isn't the mop bucket kept where the sink is? Or... You know, mm-hmm. simple stuff like that, right? So we're constantly actually moving around where stuff is in our kitchen, which really drives some people crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I walked in today after not being there for three weeks, and my yeah, we have like new shelving in a different in a different spot, and they've moved a different fridge over, and they've changed how our bakery's laid out, and like because they had time to fix stuff, right? If if every day you're going in and you're like stubbing your toe on something fucking move it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> right? So just, yeah, and that's, like, that's how we try to um, train our staff. And we, we are part of, like, the Fair Kitchens movement, which was, it's like a Unilever thing that they started a few years ago. But I've, I've actually, I spoke at the Restaurants Canada show back in 2020, talking about, you know, empowering your staff and giving them that, that chance to help make your business more efficient by having a voice. Mm. And so we do um, every, every yeah, like usually at least twice a year, we do staff surveys where we're like, what one piece of equipment is going to make your life easier? And you know what? If we can afford it, I'll fucking buy it for you. Yeah. You're going to call me corporate Santa. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what are, what are some of those things that you see? You know, is there a menu item that just, Doesn't like that there's an extra step that we're doing mm. that we don't need to be? Or is there, um, you know, does it just not make sense because we're not using freaking lentils for anything yeah, else? Right, so why do we have lentils in the thing. kitchen, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, stuff like that where we're, we really try to, give our all of our staff a voice yeah but at the end of the day i'm still the one who makes the decisions well yeah and that's I'm still I, the one who pays for everything right exactly and that's what i would say to people like i'm not always going to take your suggestion and that doesn't mean that i'm like not listening. listening yeah so like but it's i do find with each new generation that comes like that message is harder to deliver to them because it's all like they're very sensitive and it's like and they don't take crit- no. like, constructive criticism feedback no. It's not even criticism. No. They don't take feedback. They already well. know everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, 
fuck them. Where I'm like, <laughs> I, want, I want the feedback. Give me the feedback. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, we've taken a bunch of your time, so thanks, Steph. This has been a super interesting conversation. Is Tell our listeners how to get in hold of you if they want catering, and if there's anything new on the horizon, drop it here. All right. Well, you can find us at littlemushroomcatering.com or .ca. We are on Twitter, at Catering Fungi. If you want to follow me personally on Instagram, it's also at Catering Fungi. Uh, but the business is on uh, both Little Mushroom Catering and Little Mushroom Dining Lounge. Um, Nom Nom Treats, uh, you can find on Facebook as well. So we're here for all your full service event catering needs, but also those awesome branded cookies and uh, and the wine bar as well. So. Literally, she does everything. So, <laughs> well, thanks, I Steph. cook, I clean, I bartend. And I'd just like to say as well, since you are stepping down for both of my restaurants, it's been a super pleasure working with you and your whole team and uh, if you guys ever start doing that again then anybody should consider a little mushroom for that because they're a pleasure to work with thank you very much yeah, yeah it's been awesome cheers and thanks for the wine you're welcome <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> All right.